you may have realized that being healthy feels different than it did in the past now that you're over 50. If you want to maximize your health potential but don't have time to read through overwhelming pages of Google links, this is the show for you. Welcome to Healthy Tips After 50. We love doing the research, finding solutions, talking to health experts, and learning what works and what doesn't. Now, your host. She spent the last 25 years dedicated to feeling her best and is here to share her best findings with you, Susan Rosen. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Susan Rosen. And today, my guest is Nate Palmer. Yep. Okay. Um, And he is a great guest because he has a lot of really good experience in dealing with a lot of people of a lot of different ages and all the way around their health and wellness and how you can improve that. And so I am going to just hand that over to Nate and let him give you a little bit more information about what he's been doing. And then we can get into the podcast. Welcome. Thanks, Susan. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. So basically like what I've done, I've been, I've been a trainer for about 13, 14 years now, been coaching nutrition since 2016. And the thing that I've, I've found over time is that I was like, as a trainer, you know, like I was young, I was training, I loved exercise and I kept trying to get people to like, to do a lot of the work in the gym to start seeing results. But what I found was that without a healthy nutrition protocol or a healthy diet to support that, the results weren't coming. You know, people were inflamed. They didn't feel good. They get hurt. Different things like that would pop up. So I had to develop a, a way for people to not just get results physically, like lose weight, right? Anyone can lose weight, just cut your calories down and suffer through it. You'll, you'll get there. But how do we sustain it? Because the, like the, the global average for people who lose weight and regain it back is 95% just terrible. You know, like we're in a, we're fighting a losing battle here. So my big goal is always what's a way that we can sustain our nutrition and sustain the weight loss, the results that we've gotten by looking at something outside of just the number on the scale, your relationship with gravity. So I try to teach people about how do you maximize your energy? Because the majority of my clients are business owners, entrepreneurs, you know, people who, who are what I think of as mental athletes all day long. They're they're working hard. They're in meetings. They need to have that mental acuity. They need to be very present and focused in order to succeed in their life and their business. So if I can get people to start looking at nutrition from a perspective of succeed in life and business by having the right amount of energy and oh, by proxy, it leads to having a lean physique and being very healthy. Great. It seems like people can stick with that a lot longer. So that's, that's where I've kind of developed what I've called the million dollar body method, as well as it's a, it's a style of eating that's that I've termed low carb backload. Low carb backloading. Oh, backloading. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, you can definitely uh, explain that so everyone knows what that means. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Tell so, me what. Yeah. All right. So basically, it's super simple. Like, so uh-huh. I wrote a book about this. If anyone wants to check out the book, it's uh, you can go to getnatesbook.com. I'll send you an ebook. It's also on Amazon and Audible. So if you like it better that way, that's great. But uh-huh. Basically, I, I talk about what I think of the seven daily investments for your health. So three mm. of them, like, don't worry. Three of them are just breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So don't, it doesn't need to be anything crazy. 
but then we have an AM routine. It's really like simple and effective. We want to make sure you're drinking enough water. You're getting enough training in. And I think of it as the, with the final deposit of the day, which is writing down your three critical tasks for tomorrow. So taking that stuff that's going to stick in your head and keep you up as you're laying in bed at night, pull that out and put it onto a sheet of paper. So if you're hitting these seven things on a daily basis, I have no doubt in my mind that you're going to be successful. Seven times seven is 49. I added another investment on a once a week basis. Now we have 50 points for the week. So we've now taken fitness as a whole and this general thing that is really just nebulous and hard to understand for some people. And we've condensed it down to 50 points that you need to get on a weekly basis. So at the end of the week, I love telling people just like, give me your score. What's your score? Because if your score is 22, well, there's no wonder you're not getting results. We need to fine tune some of these, these parts of your day. But if your score is 49, then I can guarantee that you are seeing results. You're, you're having success and you're feeling really good. Mm-hmm. So getting into the three meals, low carb backloading is essentially just keeping your diet in a lower carb place, which I can think of as anything under hundred grams of carbs is about is a low carb diet mm-hmm. and doing this all on the back end of the day backloading. So after you've been moving around, if you've been doing all your work, you've been using your brain, you've been in podcasts, you've been in meetings, you've been doing all these things at the end of the day, then we're going to eat our carbohydrates, which flies in the face of a lot of what we've been told about fitness and nutrition, right? You know, between people being like, eat your carbs in the morning for energy for the day, or, uh, you know, eat breakfast, like a, like a prince or breakfast, like a King lunch, like a prince and dinner, like a popper. I've heard that one before. Oh, I haven't heard that one. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So it's just a little different. It's outside of kind of what people uh, expect to hear. Uh-huh. But I think that when people actually give this a fair shot, go through the 28 day program, it's all in the book. If you wanted to check it out free, um, mm. then you start, you start noticing results. And I don't have to sell you on it. Uh, like you'll, you'll do it or you won't do it and you'll see the results or you won't see them. You know, so it's not necessarily, oh, this is the best diet for everyone. Everyone needs to get on this right away. Right. But I think that you'd be doing yourself a disservice to not have like a month long experiment where you try something like this out and monitor two different things. You monitor your energy levels mm-hmm. on a daily basis and you monitor your hunger levels, which can both be very indicative of how you're doing with your nutrition. And I, th- and we can get into insulin resistance and talking through that a little bit, but that's, mm-hmm. um, th- that's something that I think most people are dealing with and it gives them a very easy system, systemizable way of getting out of that escaping kind of that metabolic, um, like disease trap that so many of us fall into. Uh, okay. Okay. So, so are they, um, do you have people actually writing, writing things down at least at the beginning? So they know what they should be eating and are they, you know, if they're doing it, like, are they tracking their foods? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> here's the, here's the other thing that I do. That's that like other trainers and nutritionists don't like is I give people meal plans. Uh-huh. Okay. So for the first month, if anyone who comes into my program and is working with me one-on-one, mm-hmm. they get a meal plan because I want to control mm-hmm. very, very, be very explicit about here's exactly what I want you to eat. And is that okay. going to work for long-term? Definitely not. Have you ever tried to do a meal right. plan? They're very hard, but my goal with those is be very controlled, create a lot of momentum, seeing some results up front. And then mm-hmm. once you understand the template, the framework, then we take more of like a back off approach, right? So like if mm-hmm. the first month is connect the dots, do exactly what I say, then the second month of moving forward is color by number. I'm going to give you the, I'm going to give you the frameworks. So like, if I say for dinner, Susan, what you need to be eating is a protein, a carb and a, and a vegetable. And you're like, right. okay, I'm going to have grilled shrimp. I'm going to have captain crunch and I'm going to have Brussels sprouts. I'd be like, Susan, that's so gross. What's wrong with you? But okay. If it's the framework, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Yeah, that would be gross. <laughs> Two out of three are okay, but yeah, uh, yeah. Captain Crunch. Oh my God, that brings back a lot of memories. Okay. <laughs> um, that makes that makes a lot of sense because then, as you say, and it truly is a f- framework. It's like, oh, okay, this. I need to do one from here and one from there and one from there. Yeah. You know, and um, I don't know about other people, you know, when I find something that I like, I tend to eat it like every day. And I don't know that's I've read both ways, right. That it could be good or it could be not good. Right. Well, yeah. And I like, I know that like, there's some people who say like, if you eat eggs the exact same way all the time, you could develop an intolerance to those things. But I think that the thing that we're fighting against most right now is this necessary, like this necessary novelty. Everyone wants something new and Mm. fresh and what's the new Mm. cool thing. But one of the tenets of my program is master the mundane. There's a a quote I really like by a guy named Gustave Flaubert. He says, be boring Mm -hmm. and orderly in your life so that you may be violent and original in your work. And I think of that ah. with like my nutrition and training, like it's boring. Uh-huh. It's basics. I'm eating very yeah. similar things on a daily basis. My dinners change up. My lunch and breakfast are basically the same. And I, I've, I love it because, you know, you've heard about like Steve Jobs and Mark Zuckerberg wearing the same clothes every single day. Right. Yeah. And, it, and it's not because they can't afford it. It's just because they want to eliminate yeah, right. decision fatigue that comes from having to make a bunch of little choices about what you're having for breakfast or what color shirt you're going to put on. Put on uh-huh. a black shirt every single day because I don't want to think about these sorts of things. Right, I right. Change the color of my pants occasionally, but <laughs> but I want to make the like like um. So I've got a I got a four year old daughter and a two year old son right now, and I oh subscribe God. to this this idea this parenting strategy, Susan, that I call mm-hmm. overwhelming choice. Have you heard Have you heard of this? Uh. Uh-uh. I might have made it up. I'm not sure. <clears throat> I'm sure other parents are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, no, we do this. But but here's the here's what I do is like. <clears throat> Like my kids are being a little feisty, right? You know, they're not necessarily just like sitting down what I want them to do. So I hit them with a million choices. Go, all right. Her name's Renna. Renna's my four-year-old. Renna, do you want a red cup or a blue cup? A blue cup. I'm like, do you want water in it or milk in it? She's like, water. I'm like, do you want ice or no ice? Uh, ice. Do you want to sit there or do you want to sit here? Uh, I'll sit on this. Side. Okay. Do you want me to pick you up and push you there? Or you want to walk yourself? I'll walk myself. Do you want to have cottage cheese or Greek yogurt? And I just hit her with a million choices until her little brains get scrambled. And she looks at me all cross-eyed and she's completely forgotten about all the nonsense from earlier. We are not different from my four-year-old. I am a four-year-old in my heart, you know, like, so when I have to decide what's for breakfast, what's, what, what shirt am I wearing? What am I going to listen to in the car? Is there a new podcast? Do I have to create something new? Like, what am I, where am I at with these? Then my brain becomes all scrambled and I become unable to focus on the important things in front of me. So mm-hmm. I really believe that mastering the mundane and eating the same things on a regular basis can really add like life to your years almost because yeah. you have more cognition, more focus, and more ability to be availability to be fully present when it matters most. No, that make that makes perfect sense. I was thinking not specifically about that, but I know I was making a list the last couple of days of all the things I need to do that I don't get done right? That I haven't gotten done. Cause I thought, Oh, okay. Then I can start going through the list. And then I realized yesterday it's like, well, now I just have a longer list. I'm still not getting any of it done. <laughs> and it's the same sort of thing. You have, you have to pick one or two things. That's why I like that final right. deposit. It forces you to take those, that big list and combine it, condense it down to like three to five things. 
what is going to, what are you going to do to what, if you could do it tomorrow, would you look back on tomorrow and be like, yes, got it done. Had a great day. Was very successful. Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) There's always something else that pops up. Always, always. Yeah. That's why you, that's why you can't wait. No, life's never going to get less busy. Everyone's always like, oh, well, my life's less busy. That's a fault. That's a fallacy. That's never going to happen. No, unfortunately it doesn't. It doesn't. You know, you always think as you're spending decades working, oh, when I'm retired, I'm going to have so much time. It's like, no, it doesn't work out. Does not work. (laughs) Yeah. My mom just retired. She's like the busiest person I know. Bingo. Exactly. 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 Yeah. (sighs) Anyways. Okay. So speaking of which, so what are the things that you think are the ones that um, people that are older, you know, 50 and older should be paying more attention to um, other than, you know, some of the things we've already talked about. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that there's two main aspects of what I do that I think is incredibly important for people in their fifties and beyond. The first one is movement. You know, whether you're going to the gym, doing yoga, stand up paddleboard, whatever it is that you like to do, you need to be moving every single day. So Mm -hmm. I I consider it, I consider moving for 20 minutes every single day, a non-negotiable, whether you're out Mm -hmm. and walking, put a weight vest on or Mm something or something else, going to the gym, training, doing So Mm -hmm. boxing, whatever that looks like, you got to move because if you don't use it, you lose it. And there's, and there's a lot of studies that have shown recently that actually did a study on people who had taken steroids in their twenties. And then the other group was a bunch of professional athletes. And the other group was a control group of just people who have never really been fit and active. So the people who had done steroids or professional athletes fell off for a decade or two and then started retraining again their results came back way faster because the like the term muscle memory uh, is real okay. yep in yep. our muscle cells the nucleus has a memory of how hard it can contract and how big it was so people uh, trying to get results again for the second time are always going to get them uh-huh. way faster than someone who's trying to get them for the first time so start soon and then move every single day and then the second thing is protein if you're not getting enough protein then you're already setting yourself up for failure both in terms of your mm-hmm. hunger signals your your body, your like body shape and physique mm-hmm. in terms of being able to create more muscle and having less fat. Also, mm-hmm. protein is really responsible for a lot of reactions in your body. It creates enzymes that help us stay healthy and perform the necessary functions of our body. So between building muscle, staving off osteoporosis, osteopenia, and mm-hmm. um, like, and just be living longer and having a better, fuller life, Training and protein are so, so important. So I would push people towards that. And I said move every day, but I think that if you're if you're in your 50s, you need to be doing some sort of loaded exercise at mm-hmm. least twice a week because you're only going to get res- like good results from that. You're going to be, you're going to have your more bone density. You're going to have more muscle mm-hmm. mass. And when we hit our 50s and beyond, we start losing muscle mass at a much faster rate. So being able to fight that off or and like set yourself up for success in your 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, that's incredibly right. important. Fifties is kind of the like the the starting ground for uh-huh. aging really well. Uh-huh. So yeah, the done all the pre- yeah. If you've done mm-hmm. all the like the the prerequisites and done all the work that you needed to do and were really diligent about that, you it's like investing in a four hundred one k. You're just going to see great results mm-hmm. long term. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's it is interesting because um, you know I think a lot of people, a lot of people, you know, over fifty, did go to the gym, did exercise because we were kind of the first generation that really got into all of that. Um, and, um, and it's really easy to stop doing it, (laughs) but I think we all have memory, not just body memory, muscle memory. It's also regular thinking memory of, oh yeah, gee, it did, it did, you know, I really did feel better when I used to go to the gym. Um, and now there's a lot of, there's a lot of ways that you can get, you know, better rates for gyms if you're if you're retired or you're over 55 um because i think a lot of gyms have started to realize that there's a whole group out there that um that is looking for something that's not super expensive but that they you know classes or whatever that they can get back totally i think going to like a silver sneakers class or something like that or Getting on, mm-hmm. like having your insurance pay for your gym membership is great, but I also don't want to like downplay the importance of this. This is not like this is not something where you should go bargain basement on on like oh, no, a gym no. or a trainer, right? Because this is like the average the average surgery costs twenty five thousand dollars. You know, medications yeah. for people in their fifties and beyond, they're paying twenty five to thirty five hundred dollars oh, yes. a year for medications. So if you can avoid even some of those, then why would you not put money into the things that are going to build you up and strengthen you? I just want to just change that frame a little bit. I think we look at fitness stuff as a cost, but in reality, like it's, it's an investment. Like I say in my book, like I call them the seven daily investments. And if you're doing these little things, if you're investing in your health, if you're doing Mm. preemptive, Mm. it's only going to pay you out later. Right? So if we can Mm -hmm. start promoting that as like, as the mentality around fitness and exercise is that these, these don't cost you. These are investments in your future health. Cause if you can stave off a knee replacement or a hip replacement by getting really strong in your glutes and your hip flexors, Uh you're going to save yourself thousands of dollars and so much time tied up and the pain, like, you know, Mm. that everything else just gets better when you get stronger. So I think like if you, especially if you, if you're in your fifties or beyond and you've never been in shape before, go hire a trainer. Have someone watching yeah. you do the exercise a couple times is going to be one of the best investments in your health you can make. Having someone literally there being like, no, a little right. higher, move to the left. That's going to be one of the things yeah. that's going to separate you and and take basically two years of you on your own doing it, condense it into like a two-week time frame. Uh-huh. There's power yeah. there. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. And they're they're all all the gyms are really um, well, needless to say, interested in having you come in and, and do a class or two or a you know time with the with the uh, one of the instructors or whatever they call them at the at the gyms. They're not instructors. Trainers. Why am I drawing a blank? Trainers. Thank you. <laughs> That's the other part of getting older. <laughs> did you have the car did you yeah. have your carbs today this morning? Yes. Yes. I had carbs. I had protein. I had fat, a little sugar, some honey. So hear me, hear me out on this. Like there's Uh nothing inherently wrong with carbs. Obviously I just, we don't want, Uh 
I don't want to like make that distinction, but I think yeah. that sometimes having carbs, especially in the morning and the, and the afternoon can slow us down because it takes four uh, molecules of oxygen to, to okay. um, break down one molecule of carbohydrates. And then when we're digesting food, it just takes longer, takes more energy and pulls blood from our extremities and from our brain oh, into our gut for that digestive process. So another, another okay. thing is we don't snack in the program. We try to keep uh, our meals to two to three meals a day. That's like, that's all mm-hmm. you need really. And, and people mm-hmm. who are eating all the time or stoking a metabolic furnace, eating six meals a day, all they're doing is forcing their body to digest and diverting all their energy to their stomachs. Uh, yeah. So by pushing your carbs out, you give your body a nice, long, slow blood sugar levels, which can be mm. really helpful, especially if you're dealing with any sort of insulin resistance or, or you have a little mm. bit of extra weight around the midsection. Because mm-hmm. all that's doing is releasing what's called cytokines. Cytokines are inflammatory uh-huh. compounds that can that can cr- create inflammation in your body, as well mm-hmm. as slow you down, kind of slow down your thought processes as well. So, mm. I, so like again, don't take my word for it. Go try this out. Yeah. Try having a high protein, high fat breakfast. I love eggs uh-huh. and avocado, eggs and bacon, a protein shake with almond butter in it. Um, another weird one that I like is uh, chicken thighs and almonds. It's not for everyone. But I like. Oh, it. I love. I like chicken thighs and I like almonds. So perfect. Yeah, uh, just throw yeah. a little Cholula on those bad boys. But that's a great breakfast. It just yeah. gives you this really yeah. clean, very like, very focused energy all day. And then when you have some fats uh-huh. in the morning, you're actually cluing your body in. Hey, we need, it's time to burn fat for focus. So mm. most of us aren't mm. out digging holes all day long and doing a ton of like uh-huh. physical work or running triathlons. So yeah. we're doing mental work. So if we have our body in a place where it's actually using fat for fuel for those mental activities, we can train it to use fat when that's appropriate. And that can be very mm-hmm. beneficial long-term. Again, it's an investment in teaching your body how to utilize its nutrition to create the results that you're looking for. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I actually, I am. Um, well, first off, I don't actually eat breakfast until like 11 o'clock. 12 o'clock depends. Um, I also don't get up super early, you know, eight o'clock's getting up early for me, but um, I do, I have, I have avocado, I have guacamole, I have um, salmon, canned salmon salad that I make myself with avocado oil mayonnaise. Cool. Um, And, um, and then I have a small piece of toast that's made out of buckwheat and um i put almond butter on it and a little bit of honey all right that's it and i put ghee on first a little bit of ghee like ghee so yeah yeah so i'm not really there there's not a lot of carbs cool yeah eating for breakfast sounds like it's working for you so yeah sometimes but that that's how that's how that's how it goes yeah so um anyway so why don't we why don't we back up a little bit because you've mentioned insulin resistance a couple of times and why don't we tell people you know if they're not familiar with what that what that means and why it's important for them to know so i think of insulin resistance as like an airplane if i was gonna if i was gonna make this real like mm-hmm. as simple as possible. So like you take off, you're on an airplane, right? And you take off and you go up. But if you have insulin resistance, you go too high and then you got to uh-huh. correct and you go down and you're passing through this okay. turbulence zone every time. So you're like, there's a turbulent down here. And then it's, then you got to course correct and bring it back up a little higher. And you can never really okay. get to the point where you're like 
smooth sailing. You're in the jet stream. Everything feels really good. You're moving quickly. Mm-hmm. That's what it, that's what it feels like to be insulin sensitive. It's just you take off. You have this nice long flight, and then you you set it down. No like mm-hmm. no ups, no downs, no turbulence. Because what happens with insulin resistance is we eat a carbohydrate, whether that's fruit or pizza or ice cream mm. or whatever else, and it spikes our blood sugar way up. Now, our insulin needs to go up to meet where our blood sugar's at. So those levels should be identical. Oh, okay. But what a lot of times mm-hmm. happens is that insulin goes up too high or too low. So now blood sugar's down, but our insulin is still in our system. So insulin is still in our system. It signals up another hormone called leptin. And it says, hey, get some, hey, get some sugar. We need some, a little bit of sugar. And so you're having these cravings at 10 30, 2 30, 4 o'clock. And you're like, man, I'm just kind of hungry all the time. What's up with that? But it's not about you're not hungry. Your body just wants to even out its chemicals. So your oh. insulin's too high. We need to bring your blood sugar up. So normally you could do this with like nine blueberries, right? But what do we have? Half a donut, right? And then all of a sudden our blood sugar is back up. So our insulin goes up and it comes down. And now our insulin is high again. So we're just out of balance with our between our blood sugar and our insulin all day long. So that's thus like the idea of like going up and then down. So uh-huh. you'll notice you'll have insulin resistance. If there's a couple things that happen, number one is, are you getting, do you get tired after meals? Are you always mm-hmm. getting like sleepy after you eat? That's a, that's a key thing of insulin resistance. Mm-hmm. The second thing is, do you have any like skin tags or moles appearing kind of on your, on your neck, underneath your arms, anything like that and your on your thighs? If you do, that's mm-hmm. a sign of insulin resistance as well. Kind of like that brown, mm-hmm. brown spots. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three is, um, are you, are you getting hungry in between meals all the time? Are you just always like a little mm. bit hungry? Because if your cravings are off the charts, probably have some insulin resistance. And then the last one, this is the most, the most easy to diagnose is if you take a, a, um, not a ruler, but a, like a measuring tape and you measure at your belly button, kind of the, the narrowest portion of your waist, you don't get your hips in there. You measure that and you divide that waist measurement by your height, that number in order to determine if you have insulin resistance or not, should be below 0.46. If it's 0.46 or below, then you're okay. fine. You're sh- you should be good. Your body's basically going to be able to process carbohydrates and insulin pretty well. And that mm-hmm. also means that you should be able to eat carbohydrates during the day without no with without getting really tired uh-huh. or sleepy. Okay. But if your waist to height ratio is above 0.46, 0.478, not 50, 51, 52 then there's a, then you have an issue and you're going to have it continue to have an issue until you decrease that waistline measurement because that's hmm. now we're talking again about visceral fat and that visceral fat releases the cytokines which creates that inflammation cycle and it's just it's and once you're kind of on that roller coaster it becomes very difficult to uh-huh. get off of it well that would make sense it's like any kind of food diet kind of right because mm-hmm. um, you go through it's the same process trying to, to change change your habits and change your diet. That, that's a real pain in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> as any, as anyone who's gone on a, a lengthy diet will tell you, that's why I like, that's why I like being like this, the, uh, you know, not to keep, not to keep tooting my own horn, like, mm-hmm. you, but yeah. that's why I like this is that when people talk about the million dollar body program, they go, I don't feel like I'm on a diet. I just eat like this now. Mm. Yeah. And when that happens, that's yeah. so cool. Yes. Yes, I agree. I totally agree. You know, having been a a fat kid and a fat teenager and fat until I was in my 20s definitely makes a huge difference. Yeah, because white knuckling something, you can do it for a time, but it just gets so 
tiring mentally and physically. Yeah. 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 Well, and I think the other thing that people don't seem to realize is that there's a, can be a lot of other things going on. It's not necessarily just the food. I mean, it may be from the food, but it's not, oh, you're eating too much or you're having too many calories. Right. Um, so I know I lost a the second, not second time, but I, I lost a lot of weight when I was in my early twenties. But then later on in my thirties, I started, you know, I started gaining weight and I couldn't figure out why turned out I developed a whole bunch of allergies. As soon as I stopped eating the things that I was allergic to dropped all the weight. Yeah. Between like allergies, hormonal issues, going through menopause. There's a a lot of like, you know, I had a client one time who we couldn't, we couldn't figure out what was going on. She was doing all the things. Uh I even had her track her food. I'd never had people track their food. It's annoying. But I was tra- having all this stuff. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> Turns out she was sleeping like she was like in bed for eight hours, but she's only sleeping like four hours a night. So Ooh. once we tweaked her sleep and figured out how to get her a little bit yeah. better, deeper sleep, so she wasn't waking up all the time, all of a sudden everything started working. Her weight loss came on. She felt way better, mm. more energy, could think through the day. Right. But it's yeah. like you know, you're gonna have all the training and nutrition in the world, but if you're not sleeping right, that's that's gonna take a take its toll. Uh huh. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the same thing, very similar with food allergies is because if it turns out, if you're allergic to something, you crave it. And so you, if you don't know, and so you, you just eat more and more of it, which gets you in this, this round thing of, you know, you eat it, your body doesn't like it. It doesn't know what to do with it. it screws up your system. <laughs> Next thing you know, you've put 15 or 20 pounds on and you can't get it off. Yeah. Frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. So especially these days with all the pardon my language shit that they put in a lot of the food that people buy over the counter or restaurants or whatever. Uh, I can go off on a whole rant about the shit they put in their foods these days. Thank how you. Much time you I, how much time you got? Yeah, I know exactly. We could do a whole nother podcast just on that. Yeah, you want to talk about the 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 American like the Institute of American Dietetics? Love to get into Harvey Kellogg with you right now. We don't have, we don't yeah. have to, there's a lot of, there's a lot, there's a lot of there and uh, you generally end up in a bad mood afterwards. So, well, that's true too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Just like eating it does for you. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, we could, I, we can, we'll talk about that afterwards. So um, anyways. Um, oh my goodness. Okay. I was just looking to seeing what the time was. Okay. So I'm flies when you're talking about insulin resistance. That's what they say. Anyways, you're what? I'm sorry. Say that again. Time flies when you're talking about insulin oh. resistance. A lot, yes. lot of people are saying that now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is that because they black out or, um, <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, I was working at, I was, I was trained to be an EMT. For a while. So I was going to, I was going to classes and getting my EMT certification to be like a ride an ambulance, eventually become a paramedic. And so the guy mm-hmm. who was instructing the class was a firefighter here in Phoenix. And he said that every three months he would get a call from the specific house out in Tempe. And it was a lady who was a little bit heavier and she would go on a, like a, on a diet every so often, but she was also type one diabetic. Uh-oh. So she, she'd get on it in a sauna suit and she'd like run on a treadmill or get on the bike <gasps> or something like that. But then her blood sugar would drop. And I don't know if you've ever been around someone whose blood sugar drops in their type one. 
but it's this, it, it manifests itself looking like they're completely just wasted, just drunk. They don't make sense. They're not talking yeah. sense. They just, they, yeah. they just sound crazy. So he'd have to go to her house, go in the door and wrestle her down to administer oral glucose to get, oh to God. get her to, to come back yeah. to being normal. Because if your blood sugar is like in the twenties, you got to have some like fast acting sugar in order to get you back up. And she'd always be like, really sorry about that. But <laughs> never learned, so, yeah. huh? Yeah. People are funny, aren't they? <laughs> oh boy, interesting. Yeah, that that's an interesting story. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, and I'm sure it's probably paramedics can probably come up with a lot of those kinds of of stories. Oh when I bet around. they have the, oh, wow. the. I bet they got the craziest stories out there. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's why they used to have a TV show about it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't real life, although I'm sure there's some real life ones out there. But you know, they could find lots of plots for their for their season. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, interesting, interesting. So, since we are getting towards towards the uh, the end of our hour here, um, actually, we haven't been we haven't been on for an hour, but yeah. <laughs> um how about if we if we if you I'll let you do this since you're the guest and you know more about it than I do. Um the the maybe two or three major things that people need to look out for as they get older. Three things that they need to look out for as they get older in terms of fitness. So what's the what um, should they kind of like be on guard against? Yeah, fitness. What they should watch out that that how their bodies may be changing. That that you know maybe they need to change how they're eating because their body doesn't digest some of it. Or you know, I mean, there could be a lot of reasons. You know, those yeah, sort of I, things. I like what you said earlier about the allergies because I think it is highly highly individual what's going on with people. Mm-hmm. So I like to provide mm-hmm. a template and then have people fill in the gaps with their own programs because like, you know, I might say, "Oh, almonds are a really delicious food. They're super healthy, full of omega-3 fatty yeah. acids." But you might be allergic to almonds, so they're not nutritious right. for you. They're an- like they're yeah. anti-nutritious. Right. Yeah. So be- like being I think one thing that people can get into get in trouble with is being very stuck and stagnant in old thought patterns. Mhm this has always worked for me. This is the work I did in, in college. You know, this is, this is what I, this is what I always do. Right. Well, yeah. like I would, I always challenge people like, Hey, well, if it's working for you, then great. But it doesn't sound like you're, it's working for you because we are on the phone right now. So yeah. don't be afraid to let go of old thought patterns that might not serve you. Mm-hmm. And don't be afraid to try N one experiments, experiments where you mm-hmm. are the only person being affected. So try a ketogenic mm-hmm. diet, try whole 30, mm-hmm. try paleo. How are these affecting you? And always come back to looking at what's your energy like, what are your food cravings like? Those are going to be really indicative of how successful you'll be long-term on a diet. Secondly is watch out for the trap where you don't move anymore. It's very easy to get comfortable. This, this country is slipping further and further. Have you seen Wally Susan? The movie? No. Wally. Uh -uh. It's about Uh a robot. It's like a post-apocalyptic robot movie, but basically at the end of the movie, everyone is in space stations everyone's overweight everyone's flying around in gliding chairs and just drinking big sodas watching ads so like and that's that's the way our our society is shifting you know everything is yeah. based on comfort 
What's the most comfortable? Like, can we be watching yeah. Netflix? Should I, I can't, I'm not going to cook. I'm just going to have a DoorDash. I don't even need to talk to people anymore. So watching yeah. out for that comfort trap because a, like, I think aging to me is the aggressive pursuit of comfort. And the faster mm. you go down that, that, like down that path, mm-hmm. the faster and more, more aggressively you age. So in mm-hmm. terms of like your skin, mm-hmm. your vitality, your cognition, mm-hmm. all those things will decline if you don't yeah. ever challenge yourself or push yourself outside of your comfort zone. An easy way to do that is physical fitness. Going to the gym, yeah. even if it's a small thing, twice a week that you do for 30 minutes, it is still mm-hmm. going to challenge you. It's still going to push you a little bit. And that's very, very important physically and mentally as we get older. Mm-hmm. And then last, just realize that you don't need as many calories as you did when you were when you were younger. Uh, you can eat a, yeah. You can eat less calories. So don't be afraid mm-hmm. of fasting, skipping meals. I think a lot of times people like trainers love to scare people and be like, you got to eat six meals a day, stoke your metabolic furnace. And which I always ask, what's a metabolic furnace? I've never seen one of those before. Cut open a lot of bodies. Don't know. Never heard of that. So that's just, (laughs) that's just a, by by the way, do you know where that six meals a day myth comes from? No. You know, the company metrics met RX. Oh yes. Uh Uh-huh. They released a protein in the early nineties, a protein powder tastes like chalk. And they decided that in order to sell that, like they did, they took the De Beers model. Got to have three months salary to buy a diamond, right? Mm. Uh-huh. So they were like, what do you need? In order to build muscle, you have to have three meals per day. And then also three shakes per day, six <gasps> meals per day. Oh so God. that's where that comes from. It's a marketing campaign, a wow. brilliant marketing campaign, but, but nonetheless. So like keeping in mind that you don't need to be eating six meals a day, eating two meals a day, three meals a day tops is great. Fasting occasionally, uh-huh. but don't eat. If you're not hungry, you don't, there's no benefit to doing that. Okay. No, that, that all makes a lot of sense. All of it, including the marketing and the, uh, you know, cause it, at, well, you know, especially when TV first started, you know, and it's, I think it's still very much the same, you know, it's all online now, but um, mm-hmm. it just, they do it to make a dollar and not necessarily to help people be healthy. <laughs> yep. But, but what can I say? You know? <laughs> yeah. Too true. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So no, I, I like, I like all your points. Thank you very much. And um, you can tell people where to find you. And I will also put it in the show notes. Well, if you use Instagram, go to at low carb hustle. That's my podcast. If you listen to podcasts, okay. you can check out low carb hustle. It's, right. it's in the name. And then All if right. you're like, if you're like, tell me more about this book you got going on. What's low carb backloading? Sounds like a bunch of BS to me. Go download the book. Try it out. Who cares? You don't, I, you don't have to sell me on it. I already know I like it. So go to getnatesbook.com. You can get it for free. I'll send you an ebook or you can go to Amazon or Audible and just pick it up, you know, and I'm going to get paid $2. So kind of on it. I want you to buy it so I can get rich. <laughs> yeah right at two dollars each okay yeah i made 30 bucks last month i'm balling hey you know, don't <laughs> spend it all in one place right? i'm gonna get uh, i'm gonna fill my car up well no i'm gonna get about three quarters of a gallon of gas for that one. Oh yeah i know that's a that's a whole nother subject that i don't that's a rabbit hole that you know don't need to be going down on this podcast so right about that <laughs> Okay, well, let me let me um, say what I usually say, which is that neither of us are doctors, and this is not to be seen as quote unquote medical advice. 
And if anyone is actually having a medical emergency, please go to the emergency room and let someone help you with that. And other than that, um, that's about it for this week. And thank you very much, Nate, for coming on the show. I do appreciate your, uh, your input and um, your help in a lot of good information. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. It was a lot of fun to get a chance to chat. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that's about it. And I will end as I usually do, which is that I will see everybody next week. This has been Healthy Tips After 50 with Susan Rosen. To stay on the cutting edge of the most effective health strategies, subscribe to this podcast and let us know what you thought of the show with a comment or like on iTunes. Visit HealthyTipsAfter50.com for this episode's show notes, more resources, and free offers.